The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. My name is Addie Gore, and together with the rest of the senior youth, I welcome you to this year's youth service. Whether you are with us in person or joining us on the live stream, you are welcome here. Human is a liberal faith community with a mission to nurture our spirit, strive for justice, and transform the world. Whoever you are, wherever you are from, whomever you love, you are welcome here. Randy Blosh has an announcement this morning about stewardship. Obviously, I'm not Randy, but we're not going to let him talk. I'm going to do it instead. You know what he's going to say. It's time to turn in your pledge form. Please, for us, for you, and all those who come after us, please turn in your form. And I've been told that Randy has a new email to send out today. And thank you for all of you, uh, for all you do in this church, in time, in talent, and in your pledge. If you have turned in your pledge form, thank you. If you are still thinking about it, thank you. But let's be honest, you're procrastinating, so please turn it in. And if you haven't thought about it, let me say, we get it. So again, thank you, and turn in your form. Thanks, Troy. I'd also like to take a moment to recognize our eighth graders who will be coming to senior youth next year. Can you please stand up? Congratulations, and we are looking forward to you joining us up here next year. And now, settle yourselves and silence your cell phones. Come, let us worship together. We light this chalice because, because we're Unitarian Universalists, and, and that is what we, we do. do. Good morning, everyone. My name is Rafaela Shanahan, and I joined Human when I was just born. My mom joined this church when she was pregnant with me, so I've grown up here. Human has been the only church slash religious experience that I've truly known or enjoyed. I'm Victoria Kapeskis, and I've been attending Human since I was a freshman in high school. For me, Human brings relaxation, peace, and friendship and worship in my life. If you asked me my first year when I started attending Human, I could have said that I was being forced to come here and sit into services and the youth meetings because my mom was making me. I had no idea that every minute I spent here and listening and being engaged in what the youth or the church offered would make me who I am today. My first non-Human church experience happened when I was visiting my relatives and had to go to church with them. 
Now, before I tell the story, let me remind everyone that I was eight or so at the time. When we were getting ready for service, I wanted to wear a green and blue tie-dye shirt. It was soft, and I liked the style. Did it also double as a pajama shirt? Yeah, sometimes. But again, I was eight. <laughs> so I come down the stairs in my comfy tie-dye shirt, and my aunts tell me that I need to change my shirt because it's not appropriate for church. Well, I had worn this shirt to human plenty of times, and my parents never made me change. So I was confused as to why this church was any different. The shirt I was encouraged to change into had a giant sequin heart in the middle of it. Cute, right? Sure, but really itchy. I don't even know why I packed that shirt, because it was so itchy and uncomfortable. But all my relatives loved it, so I wore it. Once we got to the church, I was very confused at the bowl of water that the people were touching at the entrance, the movement they were making with their hands, and why people were standing, then sitting, and then kneeling repetitively. Needless to say, I had been accustomed to human's way of worshiping, greeting people with a smile, songs, and the small groups we would have RE class with. Human became my safe space, a place where I could be whoever I wanted, and most of all, express myself without judgment. I could wear a comfortable shirt anytime, and once, I even came to church wearing a bathrobe instead of a jacket. It wasn't until my third year I became close to my fellow youth companions. I was very shy and would stray away from group discussions and events, but all of that changed when I met Rafi. <laughs> <laughs> the more you come to Yumin, the more it feels like home. I know a big part of me was how welcoming and accepting the teachers at Yumin are. Shout out to Mr. Randy Blosh for bringing donuts to class. <laughs> I have also made best friends here, like Vika. We met at church, and it turned out we were going to the same high school. We are such great friends, and so I'm glad we share human. <laughs> Back in coming of age, we made a pact to go to church together. We were both busy on Sundays and didn't really want to go to church, but we promised each other that if one went, the other would too. The pact still holds up. Look at us now. <laughs> My years at Human can be depicted like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. The self-growth of the caterpillar on its journey to becoming the best version of itself is the butterfly within uh, my youth journey here at Human. I'm, I'm, I'm journeying myself to being the best possible self I can be. For me, personal growth is a process for me to both understand myself by pushing myself to reach for my highest potential. I tried to ask myself questions of who am I going to become and how am I going to achieve this? And as Rafi said, we made a pact to go to church together. That pact is what brought us here today in front of everyone. When we were planning this youth service, Rafi and I looked at each other across that room and we knew we had to speak together. Church has given me one of my best friends and for that I'm very grateful. Over the years, I have felt more included in human and grown personally through activities like the Lavender Prom, Halloween festivities, and the Christmas pageant. Oh, the Christmas pageant, my DIY project, my debut directing role, and my college essay. I have to say, human has impacted me so much that I mentioned the church in my college essay, and it's worked five for five so far, so I'll call that a success. <laughs> I wrote about my experience through Human to talk to detainees in the Stewart Detention Center and how the youth, senior youth and I modernized it to be about immigration, which in turn helped influence a bigger stance on immigration reform here. With this experience and many others, I have become a person who is not afraid to speak out against injustices or wrongdoings. Not only am I not shy to use my voice for others, but I have found confidence in myself. 
I have been able to grow here and to learn what interests me and how I can use my interests to affect change. Through the years of my youth journey in UMAN, I've learned and been guided not by my adult guides, but especially my fellow peers. They've taught me to get involved, work on new healthy habits, hobbies, and starting new skills, and also starting new strategies to achieve my goals. For that, I am thankful because they've shaped me into the person I am today. Now, I'm able to join in and have group discussions over issues within my youth group meeting or in the sanctuary without feeling like I'm saying something out of place. I've become comfortable in teaching my peers and fellow adults about what I have learned in myself. Self-growth and improvement can, be, can better the lives of so many and not just mine. Ways to find personal growth can be to keep learning, volunteer your personal time, try new experiences, get creative and make personal health and make your personal health a priority. Stop and evaluate your life as a whole and also find ways to manage your time. Human is my definition of my personal growth. I've reached the stage of when the caterpillar is about to break through and show new formations of the of its beautiful colored wings. Let's just hope that the new wing that let's just hope that my new wings will dry off in time for when it's time for me to bridge in the next upcoming months. Although Vika and I joined UMAN at different ages, we both had similar experiences with the love we have received and how much we have grown. UMAN's love is all-encompassing, and it does not take a long time to feel the UMAN effect. We are now going off to college strong, smart, independent, and compassionate women who will fight for justice, and I think we're going to let UMAN take some of the credit. Good morning. I'm Maria Mongia. I joined UMAN a few months ago. Now is the time in the service where our love is spoken aloud. If you have a joy or concern that you'd like to share with this caring congregation, come forward and drop a pebble into the water and tell us your joy or concern. If you are online, please share your joy or concern in the chat. Hi, good morning. My name is Mary Beth Stevens. I have a concern this morning uh, for my sister. Many of you have heard me tell stories of her. Her heart failure continues to get worse. She spent Friday night in the hospital. She is home but she's really not doing very well, so keep her in your thoughts. Thank you. My name is Gus Hador, and I have a concern. My friend John Wheeler uh, was coming to church and turned around and decided he needed to visit the emergency room, so keep him in your thoughts. I also have a great joy because <clears throat> my uh, family is growing. My eldest daughter is pregnant. Hi, I'm Todd Callen, and I, I have a pebble of concern today. My mom's cousin, who's like a sister to her, was diagnosed with lung cancer a couple of weeks ago. So she's kind of battling through next steps, and the whole family's kind of coming together. So please keep her in your thoughts and prayers. Um, I'm Victoria Kapeskis, and I have a joy today that I have officially made my college decision. Um, I will be attending Georgia College uh, for my freshman year, and I will be going into biology as a major. <laughs> Hello, my name is Elizabeth Norris, and I have a sorrow today. Um, my dad's best friend and family friend passed away last week. His name was Joe, he was a really good guy. We will miss him very much. 
Good morning. It's so good to be here back in person, isn't it? It's just amazing, the love. I have a concern and a joy, and I always wanted to do the dishes first and get the, you know, bad news out of the way first. But um, So both my joy and my concern are about my children. My name's Amy, by the way. Um, <laughs> so my concern is for my middle child, Paul, who is battling mental health. He, he was diagnosed at 15 with bipolar disorder, and he's had ups and downs, but um, he's struggling. So that's my concern. Please keep him in your thoughts. My joy is that I'm a grandmother. My, <laughs> my, my baby had his first baby, and so Adelina, was born Monday morning, and she is just a joy. I mean, we're, you know, I knew that my heart was going to burst, but I had no idea at the depth of the burst. <laughs> so anyway, it is such a joy. And those of you that are grandparents, I now get it. Thank you. I drop one last pebble for all those joys and concerns too tender to escape the folds of our hearts. May we keep each other in our care for the coming week. Good morning. I'm Troy Vanderbeek, an 11th grader and a member of the senior youth here at UMIN. Honestly, when I was told we were having our youth service on the topic of growth, I had so many ideas, but no ideas at the same time. I didn't know how, it be, how I would be able to articulate my relationship with growth I've experienced within this church and without. I'm also going to be honest, I've re written this homily like five times, and I absolutely did not stay up late last night working on it. <laughs> But as I was saying, I believe personal growth is the improvement of a person's being. Sometimes it may depend on what the person's goals and dreams are. Personal growth comes in many different forms, such as improving self-knowledge, self-awareness, building your identity, and developing strengths or talents. Everyone's personal growth is different and unique. We are all our own unique individuals with vastly different lives from one another. However, we are all here to get today together at UMIN. I've been here at UMIN for the past 11 years, and many of you know my family or one of my three siblings who came here years ago. UMIN for me means a community of people I can come to and grow with without facing any judgment. On February 24th, 2021, I was in my fourth period class, Spanish three, and we were preparing for a test. My Spanish teacher always allowed us a couple minutes before class to review. We were slowly pacing, placing all of our study materials away when I was scrolling through Instagram stories. A, pic a picture then popped up of one of my best friends who I hadn't recently talked to due to COVID with the words, rest in peace, Alana, you were loved, and the date. I paused. My first sickening thought was, is there a new trend? Just like the fake mug shots trend that had just occurred. I felt nauseous through the rest of the test. I went home and shared the same, how was school? It was fine with my mom. I went to my room and just lied, lied in my bed, staring at the ceiling. That night, I finally reached out to Alana's cousin who had told me what was happening. She had been struggling for a while with her mental health and she was trapped in her house alone all the time. 
I don't even remember the next day at school. The one thing I remember was one of my friends who strongly disliked, disliked Alana coming up to me and telling me she was star sorry. The next day, an email was sent out to the, all the parents about a student's passing. When I came home, my mom asked me if I had known the student, and I told her what had happened. We had a, we had a long conversation, and she said if I ever needed help or anything, I could talk to her. I reached out to Alana's mom to offer my condolences, and she let me know when the funeral was going to be held. I started talking to two of Alana's other friends, Sonia and Bree. We started talking almost every day, making sure we were doing okay. The day, the day of the funeral came, and we all met up at the funeral home. Since this was during COVID, the ceremony was very different, where different groups were able to go inside and say their condolences. My biggest regret was when Lisa, Alana's mom, asked if I wanted to say anything, and I said no. At that moment, I froze. I couldn't think of anything to say, even though there was so much to say. I wish I had at least said something, anything at all. At the ceremony of life at, the, at a restaurant afterwards, I sat with Bree and Sonia, and we laughed and reminisced all the times we had spent with Alana. One of my most fond memories of her was in January of 2020. I told my parents we were going to hang out at her house and around her area as she lived in Chambly in Atlanta. My dad dropped me off at the Mar uh, next to the Marta station right next to her neighborhood. We took Marta downtown and walked through the city. It was an extremely windy and freezing cold day, but it was so worth it. I occasionally look back at the cute pictures we took in the park and remember the fun we had. In the coming weeks, I thought about the time I about the last time I had talked to her, the last time we saw each other in person, and how we would be never we would never be able to see each other again. The last time we saw each other was actually two years ago today. I kept close with Sonia, hanging out with her as much as we could. We see each other at school almost every day and we always check up on one another. I didn't think about Alana, rec Alana rec that much recently until I started volunteering for a political campaign in Gwinnett for a candidate running for state house. I love volunteering for her as well as my AP government class with my amazing teacher and the interesting discussions we have. Alana was an advocate. She was heavily interested in politics as well as different political movements. She participated in many Black Lives Matter protests in Atlanta in the summer of 2020, and she was always listening around to people around her and then would jump in to add on ways to take on an issue. My recent involvement in the campaign has made me think how much she would have loved to help out and get involved in different organizations. Fred Rogers once said, when we can talk about our feelings, they can become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. The people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we're not alone. That is what growth is about, being able to freely express ourselves and our feelings. It makes it so much easier to reach out and be able to talk to someone. Alana has helped me to be able to express my feelings and myself. She's also a reminder to me, a reminder that people need others. No one should be alone and have to face what she faced alone. Thank you.
Hello, I'm Todd Wilson. My family and I came to Yuman in February 2020 and we joined later in the pandemic. I'd like to share with you a reading titled An Introduction to Stoicism by Ryan Holiday, author of The Daily Stoic. I hope this direct reading will inspire you to do further research on Stoicism. When most people think of philosophy, their eyes glaze over. It's the last thing they want, let alone something they need. But this, as you might know, is silly and naive. Philosophy is not just about talking or lecturing or even reading long, dense books. In fact, it is something men and women of action use and have used throughout history to solve their problems and achieve their greatest triumphs, not in the classroom, but on the battlefield, in the forum, and at court. As Thoreau put it, to be a philosopher is not merely to have subtle thoughts, nor even to found a school. It is to solve some of the problems of life, not only theoretically, but practically. That kind of philosophy has been jotted down and practiced by slaves, poets, emperors, politicians, and soldiers, as well as ordinary folks, to help with their own problems and those of their friends, family, and followers for thousands of years. This wisdom is still there, available to us. The best of which is Stoicism, long considered the most practical of all philosophies. A brief synopsis on this particular school of Hellenistic philosophy. Stoicism was founded in Athens by Zeno of Cetium in the early third century BCE, but was famously practiced by the likes of Epictetus, Cato, Seneca, and Marcus Aurelius. The philosophy asserts that virtue, such as wisdom, is happiness, and judgment should be based on behavior rather than words. That we don't control and cannot rely on external events, only ourselves and our responses. But at the very root of the thinking, there is a very simple, though not easy, way of living. Take the obstacles in your life and turn them, and turn them into your advantage. Control what you can and accept what you can't. In the words of Epictetus, our first job is this, to, to divide and distinguish things into two categories, externals I cannot control, but the choices I make with regard to them I do control. Where will I find good and bad? In me, in my choices. Amazingly, we still have access to these ideas, despite the fact that many of the greatest Stoics never wrote anything down for publication. Cato definitely didn't. Marcus Aurelius never intended for meditations to be anything but personal. Seneca's letters were, well, letters, and Epictetus's thoughts come to us by way of a note-taking student. And so it was from their example, their actions, that we find real philosophy. Because other than their common study of the philosophy, the Stoics were all men of action, and I don't think this is a coincidence. Marcus Aurelius was emperor of the most powerful empire in the history of the world. Cato, the moral example for many philosophers, defended the Roman Republic with Stoic bravery until his defiant death. Even Epictetus, the lecturer, had no cushy tenure. He was a former slave. And this shouldn't really be that surprising. The modern-day philosopher and writer Nassim Nicholas Taleb defines a Stoic as someone who transforms fear into prudence, pain into information, mistakes into initiation, and desire into undertaking. Using this definition as a model, we can see that throughout the centuries, Stoicism has been a common thread through some of history's great leaders. It has been practiced by kings, presidents, artists, writers, and entrepreneurs. 
both historical and modern men, illustrate Stoicism as a way of life. Prussian King Frederick the Great was said to ride with the works of the Stoics in his saddlebags because they could, in his words, sustain you in misfortune. Meanwhile, Montaigne, the politician and essayist, had a line from Epictetus carved into the beam above the study in which he spent most of his time. Our founding fathers were also inspired by the philosophy. George Washington was introduced to Stoicism by his neighbors at age 17, and afterwards put on a play about Cato to inspire his men in that dark winter at Valley Forge, whereas Thomas Jefferson had a copy of Seneca on his nightstand when he died. The economist Adam Smith's theories on the interconnectedness of the world, capitalism, were significantly influenced by the Stoicism that he studied as a schoolboy under a teacher who had translated Marcus Aurelius's works. The political thinker John Stuart Mill wrote of Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism in his famous treatise on liberty, calling it the highest ethical product of the ancient mind. Thomas Wentworth Higginson was an ardent abolitionist and Civil War hero who led the first black regiment in the Union Army and was a mentor of Emily Dickinson. He also happened to be an early translator of Epictetus. But those influenced by the Stoics goes on. Eugène Delacroix, the renowned French Romantic artist, known best for his painting Liberty Leading the People, was an ardent Stoic, referring to it as his consoling religion. Toussaint Louverture, himself a former slave who challenged an emperor by leading the Haitian Revolution, read and was deeply influenced by the works of Epictetus. Theodore Roosevelt, after his presidency, spent eight months exploring and nearly dying in the unknown jungles of the Amazon. And of the eight books he brought on the journey, two were Marcus Aurelius's Meditations and Epictetus's Enchiridion. Indeed, Teddy seems to represent the temperance and self-control of the philosophy beautifully when he said, what such a man needs is not control, but nerve, not courage, but nerve control, cool-headedness. This he can get only by practice. Likewise, he expressed the necessity of action advocated by the Stoics when he famously remarked, we must all wear out or rust out, every one of us. My choice is to wear out. Today's leaders are no different, with many finding their inspiration from the ancient texts. Bill Clinton rereads Marcus Aurelius's every single year, while Wen Jiabao, the former prime minister of China, claims that Meditations is one of two books he travels with and has read it more than 100 times over the course of his life. James Mattis, the current Secretary of Defense, carried with him Marcus Aurelius's Meditations while on deployment. Tim Ferriss, the best-selling author, podcast host, and angel investor, has been one of the best-known and strongest modern-day proponents of Stoicism. You see, Stoicism and philosophy are not the domains of idle professors. They are the sucker of the successful and the men and women of action. As Thoreau put it, to be a philosopher is not merely to have subtle thoughts, nor even to found a school. It is to solve some of the problems of life, not only theoretically, but practically. The mantle is ours to pick up and carry.
my name is Joel Shanahan, and I've been a UN member since I was born. In an effort to fulfill and further the vision and mission of this congregation, we ask that our members and friends bring forth and share their many and varied gifts. Senior youth will pass baskets, or you can use the GiveLify app. Our 50-50 recipient this month is the Drake House. The Drake House is a nonprofit organization that helps women and children experiencing homelessness in North Metro Atlanta. They offer a crisis housing program to keep single mothers and their children united under one roof as they work towards self-sufficiency. We will now take the offering. We give thanks for this offering, generously given by our beloved members and friends. May we and the Drake House use it judiciously in service to our missions and visions. <laughs> Hello again. Uh, just in case you forgot, my name is Rafaela. Um, and there is no doubt that Yuman holds a special place in my heart. Yuman probably occupies the second highest position. But when speaking first place in my heart, it has to be my mom. My mom, Elizabeth, or what I call her, Dr. Rohan, is my role model. <laughs> Fun fact, every time I get asked the question, who is your role model and why? I always respond with my mom because she is my biggest supporter. My mom, like human, has shaped me into the person I am today. She is always there cheering me on and loving me every step of the way. Now, we are not perfect. I will admit, when I was 12, I was a hormone monster, so I would get annoyed with my mom for stupid things like not letting me eat ice cream at lunchtime or telling me how all boys suck. I mean, all boys? How could that be true? I just didn't believe her. But <laughs> as I got older, I saw just important how her mean actions were, and she was just showing me that she cared about me. Ever since my hormonal terror ended, we have become inseparable. We share the same laugh, clothes, shoes, humor, smile, lingo, which I did have to teach her, <laughs> and best of all, we share the same heart. And with sharing the same heart, it means that when you split, it's gonna be hard, emotional. To remind everyone, I graduate in May, and I will be going to college in Boston. No, I do not know where I'm going yet. Sorry, I cannot end the suspense. Don't get me wrong, I'm super excited about college and meeting new people and growing more as a person, but I'm also kind of sad that I won't be with my mom. I'm gonna miss her so much. She's my best friend. And it's hard to be away from your best friend for a long time. I mean, when I leave, who will dance with her in the kitchen? Who will tell her all the drama at school? And who will she cry with when watching movies? And even if someone did do that with her, it would not be me. And in all selfishness, I don't want anyone but me to do those things with her. That is our relationship, and I'm so worried that it will forever change when I go off to college. I know I'll visit for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and over the summer, but what about when I graduate? When I get my own apartment and then house? I just don't think I'm ready to let go of this time in my life. I wish I could press pause and savor what I have for a little longer. I get why Peter Pan did not want to grow up, and I'm not prepared to leave her, and I want to hug her and never let go. With each dinner or new memory we make, I sadden because I know in a few months it won't be like this, and we won't be able to get our nails done, go out for brunch, 
or cook dinner together. <laughs> well, she would cook, I would gossip. <laughs> I just don't want our relationship to change or for us to grow apart because I can honestly not imagine a timeline where I do not stay close with my mom. You know, I always used to say, if I could be half of who my mom is, I'll be happy. I do still say it and believe it, and I actually think I have grown into at least one-fourth of the wonderful, smart, funny, determined, and courageous woman she is. And now, becoming half of who she is might not be so hard. And with thinking about all this, maybe I am taking her to college with me. Not physically, but if I have morphed into a part of her, technically, she is there with me. I'm nervous yet excited to see what the future holds, and I know that my mom will be a phone call away. So mom, be ready for lots of calls. In terms of my heart, my mom holds the highest spot. She's my best friend, my mom, my sis, my mentor, and most of all, she's the reason I am who I am. I love you, mom. And now together, let us extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we meet again. Although we joined human at different times and ages, human has given us the same sort of love, acceptance, and experiences. We hope each and every one of you have felt that similar impact. Go in peace and enjoy your week.
the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia, thanks you for listening to the Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay. <laughs>